We are the Man in the Cannon podcast, and we are bringing you the CBJ forecast. You never know what we're talking about, but we're the best fucking podcast around. The CBJ news and unprofessional views will certainly satisfy your Blue Jackets podcast fix. Yeah! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Man in the Cannon podcast. I got my boys here in the D-Gen den. I got Mr. Locon. Woo! What's up, everybody? Glad to be back with you on this beautiful, crisp Sunday morning. And then I got Tour. Morning, gentlemen. Woo, that's true. Yes. We got a new intro for Tour. Yes. Morning, morning gentlemen. gentlemen. I'm full of breakfast food that uh, Locon made for us. It was Cooked quite delicious. Some taters. Almost some done with my coffee. Some About bacon. To crack open a cold latte. Hooch brought out the gold, the the liquid blackstone, gold. Uh, the blackstone griddle this morning, baby. Oh, yeah. We cooked it all up. Got some taters, some bacon, some eggs, some freshly coffee. sliced up taters. Too. Absolutely the best. We dude. didn't even. This isn't some some of that. We ain't fucking around. Fr- uh, frozen bag stuff. We well, don't the, fuck around on the MTC pod. Well, the liquid gold. I thought you meant the only thing that I actually made, which was a Bloody Mary. That's true. If you if you guys ever get the chance. To come over to the D-Gen Den in good old Bell Center, Ohio. Which you should. Come you should. Come over. Check out, the, check out the pod setup. You got to get you one of Mr. Hooch's classic Bloody Marys. They are exceptional every time. I don't know how he does it, but he does it good. All love, all love, baby. Yep. Speaking of love, let's talk some hockey. Let's Absolutely. Well, hey, for, let's pump the brakes just a, a second. We'll get into what's up first or um, first things first. But, man, okay, hey, it's a day after the Buckeyes had a big win last night, right? We yep. looked good against Penn State last night. I actually thought the defense played decent rather well. It's kind of wild. Both teams had very little run game uh, yeah. up until late. Travion Henderson broke off that 68-yarder. And then, luckily, they were like, you know what? You earned this touchdown, and they just gave him back-to-backs until he they got, were worrying got me. into pay dirt. Yeah, I, they were worrying me in the red zone. They had, what, like five field goals in the red zone or something stupid wild. like that? Fourth and one from the two. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Just you got CJ Stroud out there. You got the two best receivers in the country. And you got Travion Henderson behind you. And you're leaving it up to your kicker. Right. If you don't get that touchdown, they have to travel 99 yards. Yep. 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 Yeah. And hey, the Browns got the Steelers today. Big day in, uh, big day in Browns Nation. Let's go. Yep. Bengals travel to uh, New York. Well, not New Jersey. New York, yeah, New Jersey. Fucking bullshit that they play. They don't even play in the fucking state that they are. Yeah. So Fuck the we've got the Jets, Jets today. Big DFS day, obviously, for all the boys here. We're going to talk DFS strat, but particularly talking and pertaining to the NHL. Uh, we got a good slate for you today. But, hey, first things first, Jackets fans. If I'm a Jackets fan this morning, uh, what do I want to talk about? First thing I want to talk about is... Let's touch on the how the Line A, Jenner, Voracek first line uh, combination has been performing so far. A uh, little lazy this morning and this week. I don't really have any hardcore statistics to point out to you guys, but it, if you just look at the eye test and you can kind of kind of know that our top line five on five, for, you know, versus at even strength, not producing right now. Yeah. And quite honestly, I don't even think they have a, a goal with Jenner in the middle. I think they have a goal early in the first game with, with Texier's tip in. I think that was 
like the only five-on-five goal that that line A and Voracek combination has. I could be mistaken, but it's pretty close to to at least just one goal. So it's safe to say right now, so far, this line A-Voracek combo thing and and whoever's in the middle, especially with Jenner as it stands right now, not looking looking like too great five-on-five. So yeah, very lackluster. Um, well, they're they're gonna have to pick it up absolutely. If we got a long season ahead of us, and we've we've got to keep rolling, we've got we've got to get the right guys on the right lines, and we got we got to put the puck in the back of the net. Do you think it's a situation where we might need to change up who's a center in between those two guys, or do you guys think it's attributing more to like Line A and Voracek not playing well themselves? Because for me personally, like I'm attributing this kind of performance so far, quite honestly, to Patrick Laine. I don't think he's been that good to start this year. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's been much better than he was last year because he's playing much better defensively. At least now when he turns the puck over, he comes hard on the back check and tries to you know, get, get the puck back. And, yeah, it, and he does it back. a lot of times. But at five on five – He's not getting good looks. He's not getting good shots. Yeah. So uh, if it's me, like our best player needs – if we're going to be any good, our best player has to be Patrick Line. And I said at the beginning of this season how I'm going to be hard on Line this year, much how I, how I was with Cam Atkinson in the past. Because if we're going to be winning any games, Patrick Line has got to score 40 goals for us. Yep. And right now it's just not happening. So The nice thing is, is I – like – I'm willing to blow it up, you know, put whoever needs to be on the right lines on the right lines. You know, I don't care whose name it is on each line, as long as they're they're going to have production. You know, as long as they produce, I don't care if you throw a fourth liner up on that first line. If it makes that first line better and they're going to produce more goals, then do it. The other night against uh, I forget who it was against. I think Dallas, the game that we actually looked pretty good. uh Coach had like uh, Corrali, Robinson, and Hoffman, the our fourth line in that particular game, on the ice like almost the entire third period, and the team looked extremely well rounded and much better in my opinion. And I'm with, so I'm with you, dude. Throw that line up. Give Robinson a chance on the wing. Give Hoffman. He's looked pretty good so far this season. A chance at the wing. Throw these guys up in the lineup. Uh, throw line A with somebody else, man. Mix up Voracek. Get this thing shooken up a little bit because the line A Voracek situation so far, um, they they looked like they had chemistry at the beginning of this season, but man, it's kind of it's quickly died off, and it was never more apparent than uh, the last night's game at New York. Just not really too many good looks, quite honestly. Yeah. Um. However, on the power play, those two. I think they have some, some, some chemistry and some kind of a connection. Mm-hmm. And that brings me into talking about our next topic here is the power play. How it started off hot, but man, here recently, quite honestly, again, it's been kind of in the toilet. We haven't had a power play goal in a couple of games. And um, in fact, even struggled to have any goals, obviously, last night, get shut out for nothing. Um, but man, we, 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 it's like we're right back to kind of what we looked like on the power play last year, at least a little bit. It's not very energetic, um, not really getting any quality chances and and not a whole lot of good looks. So, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of torn on line A right now. He's just a fucking turnover machine, dude. He, every time he gets the puck, I feel like he just throws it into the middle of the ice. 
and it either hits somebody's skate or somebody's stick, and then all all of a sudden, all you know is it's going the other way. So yeah. Um, what else? What else about the power play? I can't even. It's just been shitty. Yeah, it's just been it's just been a crappy power play. We need to get back to form and. Boone's had five, three of the five power play goals. Power play goals. We, yeah. yeah. I mean, and fives after this many games, we got to have way more than five goals. Yeah. And you know what, though? What's been interesting to me about Jenner and one thing that's been a, a decent bright spot on our team this year has been our face-offs. We've actually been winning a few face-offs, but it doesn't really fucking matter if nothing is going to become of it. So, um, But – Winning faceoffs on our own power play is essential, absolutely essential, and I feel like we're doing that a little bit more, keeping the puck in our own zone on the power play. So, at least that's better than it was last year. But man, we got to start converting. Line A needs to get that one timer going. You know, we have got to figure out a way to open up the ice so that we can make that cross ice pass to get liner that one or line A that one timer. Washington does it. Well, Vetchkin scores on the fucking power play every fucking yeah, game. every time. We need to pick up Washington's tape, look at how they operate their power play, right? figure out what it is they're doing, and just do the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. And maybe, you know, Voracek on the right side, he's a great guy to have on the right side because he's obviously got great vision and he can pass the puck to line A. But everybody knows that he's not a threat to score a goal on the right side. So when Voracek gets the puck on the right side – Everybody's just slouching off of him. They're giving him the space, cheating over to line A's side. Here's my here's my idea. Okay, this is where I was going at with this. Yeah. We got two guys with fucking incredible one-timers, apparently. Chinikov. Okay, this Chinikov kid, he's been scratch, he's been a healthy scratch and we're not playing him, which is a whole nother situation. Yeah. But if he's going to be in the lineup, try him up on that first line power play. To throw him in the lineup. Give him a shot on the right side because he's got that left-handed shot. That way we have two guys, one on either side of the ice on the power play. Both of them can fucking absolutely rip it. I, I don't see why that hasn't been tried yet. Instead, they keep scratching Chinikov. Yeah. Domi comes back. He's a, Chinikov's a healthy scratch. There's a spot. Or throw for, Domi up there on the right side. There's, Domi's, a, there's a spot for Chinikov in, on these lines, even with Domi in. You know? And if you're not if you're not gonna play him, you draft this kid. I mean, right now all he's doing is sitting. Yeah. He's not playing any games. Yeah. If you're if you're gonna do that with this night with this young prospect, dude, just send him to Cleveland. Right. Let That's, him get some ice time. Yeah. Let the, let him play. Yeah. He's he's obviously also still getting used to North American hockey. Yeah. The size of the ice. He's still learning how to speak English. Yeah. Let the kid go over. Send him down up to Cleveland. You know, give him some time to develop up there. Give him some time on the power play. I, I just feel like they're wasting Chinikov's, um, his talents right now, and they're not letting him develop by just letting him sit. Yeah. Again, he's scratched today for the New Jersey game. I think this Chinikov, I mean, they send him, They if they send him up to Cleveland, he's obviously going to get the ice time. Then he's going to show out there again. And then he's just going to be on a bus back and forth from Cleveland to Columbus all season long. It. Just leave him in Columbus. Find a line for him to play on, and let that kid shine. That's what. Yeah, if you're gonna, he's gonna score goals in Cleveland. E either put him in, either let him play in Cleveland, or fuck it, give him, get him in the NHL lineup. Yeah, they're doing it with Sillinger. 
Yeah. Right. And I think it's it's because they they need some more help down the middle. And Sillinger's obviously, you know, he's got room because we don't have a lot of center depth. We have a lot of guys on the right side that we can play. Yeah. So it's hard to squeeze harder to squeeze Chinikov in. But you got to get the kid in the lineup, and he's got to start playing. And if he's not going to play up here, if you're not going to play him. Send him up to Cleveland. Give him a fucking shot to play up there. Yeah. Let him get on the power play and start ripping the puck on the right side. Um, and then, you know, hey, if that starts to work and he starts to get some idea of how he wants to play on North American ice, then we can bring him into our lineup on the power play and see what he's got. Let's get into the biggest thing I want to talk about today. The biggest topic on the slate this morning is... Sorry about your eardrums. <laughs> was it really that loud? I didn't think it was that Super bad. Super excited to get back to the... Really excited about it. it. All right. So, yeah, we talked about some things. We talked uh, we're about just going to give Logan a little bit of a chance to calm it down a little bit here. <laughs> Take that to about a six. Yeah. I'm so, sorry, everybody. Uh, talked about some important points. Power play, line A, Chinikov. Chinikov. What else we got? But the biggest, the biggest topic in CBJ world right now as it stands, and if you're on Twitter or if you're a CBJ fan, you know exactly where I'm going with this. It's this fucking war that's going on between Twitter fans about Corpusalo and Merzlikens and who's playing better and who what which team is better with whoever's in goal and how nobody wants to fucking score goals when Corpusalo's on the ice and poor Corpusalo and then everybody wants to talk shit about Elvis because he's winning and we should have you know we should have picked Corpusalo or well, fuck Elvis because he's fucking cocky and shit. I just let's talk about this real quick because I have a lot of interesting feelings about this particular situation. First of all, on Twitter the other day, after Elvis Merzlikens started four and zero with like a nine a point nine five save percentage, I tweeted out right. I'm like Elvis Merzlikens is four and zero with like a point nine five save percentage. Which is fantastic, correct? And speaking in goalie yes. terms. Yes. And it's be, I mention it because I want to give our goalie credit for when credit is due, right? At the beginning of the season, he said one of his goals is to go out here and try to win a Vesna trophy for Matisse Kivlanics. And he's well on his way to attempting to do that at starting 4 and 0, you know, with a 950 save percentage. He gets, he gets some goals on him last night. We don't give him any support as well, but he still looked pretty good last night against the Rangers. But here's where I'm, I'm going. I tweet out he's 4-0, and and everybody jumps on me, and they're all like, well, that's because they don't score goals when Corpusalo's in net. You know? Well, what about Corpy? Why, why don't you talk happy about Corpy? And I'm like, listen here, people. Listen, people. If Corpusalo was 4-0 with a 9-5 save percentage, I'd be singing his praises instead. I don't give a fuck which goalie it is or who plays better in front of who. I could not give a fuck less. The goal is to win the fucking game. And currently as it stands, I was, I'm was i tweeting and we're talking highly about Elvis Merzlikens because he's been playing extremely well. Corpusalo has also played extremely well. Don't get me wrong. We're sitting here. He played excellent against Detroit. Without him, that game probably would have been 500 to nothing. That was a complete domination ass-whooping by the Red Wings. Probably, probably one of the best games I've seen them play against us in the past 10 years, dude. 
they completely kicked the shit out of us in every way imaginable. He also looked really good against Carolina the other night. Again, a situation where if he hadn't played well, that game would have been incredibly more lopsided than it was. Corpusalo has also played extremely well. But that doesn't mean that we need to take credit away from Elvis Merzlikens when he's playing well. You know, this man could go out here, I feel like right now, and this fan base would be like, if he goes out there and wins 82 fucking games, right, with a 9 9 save percentage, wins the Vesna trophy, our fan base would still be like, well, Corpusalo was good too. <laughs> Maybe there should be a, there should be two Vesna trophies or an asterisk on this one because Corpy needs one too. If this continues through Blue Jacket Twitter, I'm turning this into a visual podcast so you can all see <laughs> Locon's <laughs> face when he does this. <laughs> We're just gonna put it right on SpongeBob. Yep. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. Who cares what? Go- I feel like a lot of these people aren't actively rooting for Elvis Merzlikens because they're so stuck on rooting for Corpusalo. They are. You they can are. root for both goalies, people. Yeah. And in situations where Elvis is, we've been winning and we're winning games, I'm not going to choose to be unhappy about that particular situation. It's even driving me nuts. Even Brad Larson's doing it. Okay. Post game the other night after the, the four, the Elvis's fourth win, somebody asks him post game, can you talk about how well Elvis Merzlikens has been playing recently? And Larson goes, yeah, Elvis has been playing pretty well. Corpusalo's been playing pretty good, too. Like, to just give him his mention, too. I'm like, he didn't fucking ask you about Corpusalo. Okay? Listen. Oh. I'm just saying. You wanna, coach. It's coach speak. It's, it's, it's absolutely talk coach speak. With, no, no. This is bullshit. This is complete bullshit. We don't need to be talking about. We don't need to be having these conversations about who's playing better. Get making sure everybody's getting their credit yeah, let's be, let's and everybody's real, getting a fucking here. participation well, hold on, trophy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Cutting you off. I'm cutting you. Pump the brakes, let's Mr. Cut off. Pump the brakes here, real quick, because honestly, let's be real. It's coach speak. We're not talking about a quarterback. Burz Lincolns is not going to go out there and play 82 games. So it's it's really his job. I mean, he probably should have boosted I mean, I was, I was joking. Oh, okay. About 82 games. But, no, I'm just saying, but it's a real thing. Like, we need two goalies this whole sure, entire absolutely. year. You know, one being a Vesna Trophy winner would be great. Uh, but, you know, having a good second one, you know, because, you know, his stats are pretty good. You know, as a as a starting goalie, a lot of people would like to have a guy maybe with a couple more wins uh, than zero. But, you know, <laughs> he, he's still got a, a, a 0.91 save percentage right now. I mean, that's good. That's not bad. Look, I, I am not but, saying but that Corpusalo has been playing bad. I know. I, I get it. But like his job you know, when you ask a football guy, you know, like, how's your quarterback doing? And he's like, well, the backup quarterback's doing good, too. Does well, he, Do they do that in the NFL? No. When you ask somebody no. about Aaron Rodgers, do they go, does he say, yeah, Jordan Love's been playing pretty good in practice, too, you know? No. Fuck all that shit. No, because... Give Jordan, Elvis his credit. No, because if Jordan Love comes in, it's to down the ball with a knee or something like that. Wow, like, he did really good. <laughs> but what about Jordan Love? He need the ball down so good. No, they wouldn't say that because it's a completely different game. But you do need two. You don't need two quarterbacks. You hope your one does. I mean, a famous quote from uh, Peyton Manning's old quarterback coach was they asked him about his backup quarterback. He goes, dude, if our backup quarterback comes in, we're fucked. That's his, <laughs> that's his exact quote. They were asking him why he didn't get more time in practice. He goes, because if we've got our backup quarterback in, we ain't winning the game. Um, that's not the same case. Brad Larson has a job that he needs to um, uphold the team as a whole. 
and that is given praise to everybody you know he and i do like that you know mm-hmm. we we saw brett bielma the other day go on camera and literally say that his team sucks because there's somebody else's recruits and once he gets all of his recruits in they'll be good <laughs> <laughs> just, i mean he didn't say it like that but he literally right. said it like, said yeah. that exact thing and it's just like you can't do that as a coach i'll be surprised if he ever gets his his people in there who wants to play for that guy right yeah but I mean, I, I hear you. I, I hear you that. You but know. the Twitter, but the Twitter thing is annoying as shit because you know I get it from a fan base being a Green Bay fan. You know, you, fans can be miserable when your team is literally playing above expectations, which is currently what the Jackets are doing. Yeah, you and, know, we've actually had a decent start to this season. After we all thought we were going to suck major ass, right? Yeah. And sorry, but yeah, like we're actually sitting decent and we've looked all right in a few games. And Why can't we just be happy about that, right? It's it's a time to be happy. We we've had miserable. Last year was miserable. Miserable. We could find a bunch of stuff to be miserable about, miserable about. But this like this it. year, you know, it's like enjoy it. Like yeah, we have absolutely. A, we have a goalie like Bobrovsky, you know, like that could literally be one of the best in the whole entire league and you're shitting on him. Yeah, people – well, it's not that they're necessarily shitting on him. That's my thing. Like, you know, nobody's out there saying, like, Elvis has played like shit. It's um, just always, it's just, well, what about? It's yeah, constant, well, it's, what about? It's always, like, when Corpus Allo's getting scored on or when, you know, everybody's like, well, they don't do this when Merzlikens is on the ice. And we've talked about that on the pod a little bit. We've actually coined it, right? We call it the yep. Elvis effect. Yep. About how this team theoretically just plays better in front of Elvis. It's Merzlikens. not new. It's not new. No, that's been happening for two years now. Yes. Yeah. You know that it was very evident on the ice last year. But here, the thing is, is again, I had a tweet about it. I said during that particular, I think when after I tweeted the team's three and zero with Merzlikens in net, somebody comes at me and they're like, "Yeah, that's because they score goals when he's on the ice. They don't score goals when Corpusalo's on the ice." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's true. I don't give a fuck why they." do it as a coach or a, a fan i don't care one way or the other the fact of the matter is this team plays better when elvis merzlikens is in the net as opposed to the why that should not matter to me as a fan or as a coach right if that's how it is if this team decides that maybe elvis gives them a little bit of extra juice the guys rally around him a little bit better than maybe they do corpusalo then that that gives Elvis a huge advantage, and I'm gonna I'm gonna exploit that and play him a little bit more than I play Corpusalo. Just be, just because this they they don't or whatever reason they have to not necessarily play better in front of Corpusalo, I could not care less what that reason is. The fact of the matter is is that this team looks a little bit better when Elvis is in net, and you know even last night, that's not always 100% of the time true, you know. Last night, New York, they, they didn't look that great, but Elvis was still pretty good. But the main riff I just have with it is I just feel like there's too many people who aren't, who maybe aren't accepting or realizing how well Merzlikens has been playing at the beginning of the year because they want to focus on how well Corpusalo has also been playing. It's okay to recognize how well both goalies have been playing. Just because the Jackets chose to extend Merzlikens and pretty much determine 
that he's going to be the future of the Columbus Blue Jackets in goal doesn't mean that if you're a, if you were a Corposalo fan rooting for Corposalo, that doesn't mean and it should not mean that you need to be angry or root against Elvis Merzlikens in any way. And that's what I feel like is happening. These people aren't, you know, they're they're focusing on rooting more for Corpus Salo than actually rooting for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. And that's the issue that I, I just had with it. So long story short, people, cheer for both goalies. Cheer, cheer for the entire team, right? Yeah. We got two good, excellent goalies. Let's celebrate the the excellence that we've seen from Elvis Merzlikens at the beginning of this year instead of focusing on adding in comments additional that Corposalo has also played well. Yeah. The, the the conversation can exist separately. Focus your hate towards other teams. Yeah. Like I Chicago, love hating other teams. Detroit. Yeah, let's talk sh- let's talk more shit about other teams like Chicago cuz we can get into that here or, in a second. Yeah. And Pittsburgh and all those other teams that suck. We hate them. I hate them. I We I, love the Blue Jackets. Right. Stop worrying about the name on the back of the jersey. They're a Blue Jacket. Root They're, for them. Root for them. Hope they all do good. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, that's a good topic to bring up, Hooch. Let's talk real quick about how bad the Blackhawks suck. <laughs> Ever won a game? They have not won a game Neither yet. Neither has uh, Arizona. No, Two that reminds me. That's a, a topic I wanted to talk about, actually. But before we get into it, man, all this crazy shit about the, that's going on with the Chicago organization, man. Yeah. Horrible news coming out, right? They covered up or they <sighs> didn't mention or bring up the um, accusations by uh, Leach about you know being sexually harassed. Uh, abused and assaulted by well i don't even know too much about it who was it like a former coach or a former was he a part assistant, of the medical staff or assistant something coach or something like that it was it was wild stuff i don't know enough about it to say any of the details but yeah chicago's in some deep shit joel quinville's already got the axe in florida the president of hockey operations and the gm from florida or for chicago have resigned the thing is, though, is about it. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, actually yesterday, one of my friends asked me because apparently the assistant GM for Chicago at that time is now the GM for the Winnipeg Jets, and he still hasn't lost his job. I don't know what's going to happen with that situation. But. Like we said earlier, I don't think the news has made it across the border up to Canada yet. So <laughs> things are <laughs> a, Winnipeg. a little slower getting up there. Winnipeg still got only one uh, one landline to get all their news. Yep, one wire. Bottom line is, though, uh, you know, the what we've seen on the ice from Chicago has been complete, utter trash. But, you know, they... They've always been a pinnacle of integrity, you know, with yep. Patrick Kane and <laughs> just that entire... Jonathan Taves, dude. Yeah. Jonathan Taves has been called maybe one of the greatest leaders of all time, and now all that shit is up in the air, dude. Right. Because Taves obviously had to know about a lot of these things. He's. I was joking about the Patrick Kane thing, by the way. Oh. I hope okay. everybody heard my sarcasm because he's also been accused of sexual abuse by a lot of women. Women, but, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know. Blackhawks been very good at covering up things and making sure that the guys that uh, they believe can win them games are are uh, held safe. Yeah, you know yeah. they're safe. And they did not win a game the entire month of October. So uh, fuck you, Seth Jones. Eat shit. <laughs> Karma to all of them. But this reminds me, Tour mentioned the uh, Arizona also has not won a game, and that reminded me of something I wanted to talk about, and it's the offensive creativity that we saw from Columbus opening night that night they played Arizona now it was fantastic and the creativity was off the charts the Jackets scored eight goals for Christ's sake but 
And I tr- I'm starting to realize it now that the season's played out a little bit. A lot of it had to do with Arizona being absolute complete garbage, right? The Jackets were abso- were definitely the much better team that night. But, man, I think what the Jackets need to do right now is kind of look at the way they were passing the puck that night. In the, in the offensive zone, they were passing it all the way across the ice in the offensive zone, passing it from the slot the or from the circle all the way up to the opposite point, making plays in the middle of the ice. They need to get back into playing more a little bit loose and a little bit more like they're just out there trying to play in the offensive zone. And I think they got away from that, um, that mentality that they had against Arizona because it was very, very evident to me the way that they were playing in the offensive zone against Arizona. Now, again, that could be a little bit due to Arizona sucking complete, you know, donkey dicks, but um, they need to get back to that that mentality a little bit. Let's, let's talk a little bit about what are the current expectations or what what do you think of this team so far? What do you think that how do you how the Jackets have been playing what do you think we can maybe expect from them as the season goes on um i'll I'll go ahead and start a couple of my early thoughts i think we're a slightly slightly less than average team to where i think we're gonna beat shitty teams you know like i feel like we're i feel like we're gonna have a good chance against the the bottom tiers of this league but I also feel like we're going to lose against the really good teams. And it's it was never more evident to me than after we played Carolina. We had absolutely no business being on the ice against Carolina. Carolina still hasn't lost a game. They are got to be one of my early favorites to win the Stanley Cup. They've been playing absolutely lights out. We're not even going to come close to being able to beat them four times in a row. But then again, you look at teams like, right, like Arizona or Chicago or Montreal – the way that they're playing right now, and I definitely feel like the Jackets have a good chance against maybe some of the bottom tiers in this league. So, but the thing about it is, in the NHL, you know, you can be a kind of an average team and kind of be in the middle of the pack and make the playoffs. So, my question is, and where my you know my thought process, I want to talk to you guys. Do you think that's possible for this team this year? You know, can we hover around the middle and then maybe get a nice little run at the end of the season to possibly make the playoffs? I think it's possible. <clears throat> I think that we need to go back to what we were talking about earlier with being able to plug and play these players on different lines and seeing what works. Um, because I think if we continue on the trajectory that we're on, um, it's we're just going to continue to be lackluster and maybe not even make it. But that's going to be the thing is we're going to have to we're going to have to keep figuring things out and keep finding what works and what works best. The unfortunate part about this whole thing is that the Metro is fucking good. Always, right. dude. It's tight. All, it's tight in there already. You know, yeah. it's very tight, like a tiger. Like, like a last year, very it, tight it, pants. It was. It was like such a re, like a refreshing thing that we weren't going to have to play in the Metro this year. And then this year we're back in the Metro, and it's just like you look at the you look at the teams. We got Carolina, who hasn't lost a game. You know, 14 points. Washington's right behind them. Hasn't lost a game. Has a couple overtime losses. Still getting points for that. Rangers. Rangers good. are good this year, dude. Philadelphia good. Devils playing good. Islanders. Islanders an out. early pick to win the cup, but yeah. we we beat them the other night. But still, Pittsburgh has the worst record in the Metro currently. Yes, at three and three. It's very and two. sad. 
Anyway. Boo fucking <laughs> Anyway. Well, they're getting Crosby back. I think Crosby back was for back for the first time last night. So it's just tough, man. It's a tough fucking division. But man, the Rangers the Rangers have started well. Philadelphia's started well with you know, with their they got skunked last night though against Calgary, which was kinda nice to see because everybody's been like, Oh my god, Cam Atkinson's been so fucking good for Philadelphia. I'm like, just wait. Just wait. Just give it a few more games, right? Just let this play out. You'll see. Everybody will see. All the Philadelphia <laughs> all fans will see. see. But yeah, the hate to see between it. To see it. <laughs> between seventh, the seventh spot in the Metro up to third right now is only uh, three points, and the wild card spot uh, for the Eastern Conference is at nine points. So the Jackets are only out of it by one point right now. So. Big game today against New Jersey, guys. It's yeah. a division well, game, yeah, so again, it's a four-point game, you yeah. know. But uh, we win today, and it jumps us right back into the conversation. You know, that's the thing about early, early in the season is you got to stay there. You got to stay there. You can't win the cup at the beginning of the season, but, but you, you can, can lose it. So, got to stay right Ooh. in there. And, <laughs> you like Ooh. that? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Getting hooches fired up or something. <laughs> Canadian. An ancient Chinese man Chinese. said All that right. one time. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. All right, so today, 5 o'clock, we got, it looks like, confirmed Corpy against projected Wedgwood. Ooh. So we got Wait, some backups playing today. Who the fuck is that? That's what it says on, that's what it says right here. I don't here. even know who the. I don't know who that is either. You mean Blackwood? Mackenzie, who is it? It says fucking Wedgwood. Oh, Wedgwood, okay. I don't know who that is. I don't either. That might be Blackwood. a good thing. I know I, Blackwood. Yeah. That's that's right. The Devils. Pl- I think they played last night. That's right. That's actually yeah. They played the Penguins. They beat the Penguins four two. So that's good. We're gonna get a, maybe a, a Scott Wedgwood. Oh okay. Oh Scott. <laughs> oh yes, Scott. Scott. God, if you would have just said Scott, why are you? Okay, so M- Mackenzie Blackwood is actually on the injury report. Oh from okay. What I see. Okay. So so the anyways. Jackets are gonna get maybe a little bit of a tired team to start the day in in New Jersey. No Bernier. No, they they're not going with Bernie. I think he played last night. Gotcha. Okay. But the um, that means they got to come out early. Jackets got to jump on them in the first period. Got to get at least one, hopefully two. You know, jump on this team early. They're obviously going to be a. They're not going to have their full legs since they had to go last night. Back to backs are always tough in the NHL, so got to jump on that. And again, it's a divisional game, so four point game. Big, 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 big game. Let's go. So far, Scott but hey, listen, this season, two losses, 3.45 goals against average. So that's it it's not that good. Like, oh, looking man. at the roster, too, for New shot. Jersey, it just doesn't – they don't have, like, any, like, stars. Pavel Zacha thinks they're leading goal scorer. Yeah. Um, he's been playing pretty well. But they got Dougie Hamilton this year. Yep. Um, and he's leading their team in assists. Yes. And he's – their defense has been pretty good. Um uh, if I'm not mistaken, they have Ryan Murray as well. They still have Ryan Murray on defense. No, they lost him. They didn't sign him again. No, they did oh, not. Oh, Ryan Murray plays for Dallas or something like I that. I don't know where he ended up. I'm not sure. I played him the other day in DK. Oh. I can't remember who it was. That's but a good transition, buddy. Yeah, that's a perfect hey, transition. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, big game today in New Jersey. Jackets got to step it up. But we're getting into some DFS strategy. Yep. Okay. Because currently, uh, I am a, I am once again sitting at the top of our fantasy league. Uh, looking down on all you motherfuckers out there. Like he said but, earlier, you cannot win. The, <laughs> you cannot win a championship at the beginning of the season. But, but you, you can, can lose it. it. 
But let's talk some DFS strat, AKA especially me. building the classic <laughs> lineups. Um, let's talk strat. I've All been right. I've been doing rather well in the classic slate. Uh, let me talk about my strat this these past couple weeks and how it's changed a little bit. Now, the first thing I'm doing when I get into my classic slate building, I pick my goalie first. And it the rest of my lineup is now always going to center around which goalie I'm playing. And if it's going to be an expense, I'm, I'm no longer trying to steer away from the expensive goalies. You know, like a lot of times before I was like, I don't think the goalie matters that much. And that's I still think that's kind of true. Not to the, not to the most fullest extent. You got it because the team around the goalie helps the goalie in a very so particular way. What you're saying is defense doesn't matter. No, 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 <laughs> not necessarily. What I am saying is I I am considering now. You know, if if I think that the most expensive goalie that night has the best chance to win, that's what I go for. I look at which goalie in this particular night in this particular lineup do I think has the best chance to win a game. And that's kind of what I go with. So, um, you know, last night we had – I went with um, Peter, Mrazek. Peter Mrazek for Toronto. He ended up giving up four but got the got the win. So that always gets you some points. You got to look at it because if your goalie's going to lose, then, man, you, you don't get that win bonus, and they're likely giving up a lot of goals in that particular situation. So Definitely you're going to lose some. points there. Yep, and a lot of points. I mean, you you lose for every, every goal against you, you lose – uh, three and a half points, and that's a lot. It's a lot of freaking points. It's hard to make that back on saves alone, unless your guy is getting a lot of shots against. Um, the best part about Peter Mrazek also played him last night. The value, you know, he he was the goal, starting goalie for Toronto last night at sixty five hundred dollars. That's way lower than he was your, one of the cheapest ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, starting that night, so it it was an easy turn. You had to think, oh God, they're so ta- Toronto is so talented, and they just sometimes they just. You're like, all right, they just didn't want to play hockey tonight. And it's happened a lot at the beginning of the season. So, Yeah, yeah especially uh, for that team. Anyways. Um, but the, So Thursday night I was looking at my lineup. I, I won the, our classic slate that night. I went with Frederick Anderson for Carolina, um, who had a shutout that night. But that that's another thing is, like, I'm looking at if the best team on the ice that night's goalie, their best goalie's playing, I'm probably going to play that goalie. And the way it's looking like Carolina right now, and maybe even you know considering the way that Florida's playing with Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight in goal, if either one of those goal uh, guys are playing that particular night, I'm probably going to play them just because of how well Carolina and Florida have been playing. Both of those teams got to be uh, you know potential favorites to win the cup early, so. Dude, Carolina's been fucking good. I, I can't get over how good they look. They look yeah. better than they did last year, and we all thought that they weren't going to. You know, they lost Dougie Hamilton. They lost Nadelkovich. Uh, they gave up Peter Mrazek to Toronto and brought in Frederick Anderson. It's just been a an interesting offseason for Carolina, but they are fucking good, and I can't see anybody right now. I don't know who's going to beat them four times. But anyway, that's my that's the first thing I'm doing. I'm, I draft my goalie first. Second thing I do is play Connor McDavid <laughs> if he's available. <laughs> See, I'm, the just, I'm just the opposite. I, I do Connor McDavid first, and then, then go goalie. Go goalie. <laughs> same the same thing. But then I think after that, the next thing I'm looking at is I'm drafting my defenseman, <coughs> and then I which, with whatever I have left determines the kind of wingers that I'm that I'm having. Yeah. So on my defense, you know I'm way looking too much for about off- hockey. 
Huh? Said so you just know way too much about hockey. I do. Yes. You think? I, yes. I don't know. If you can go position by position like that and still come out okay, like you're you're doing good. Well, the, <laughs> the thing is, well, I, it is. I am doing pretty well in the classic slates. There's no doubt about it. But, and it's be, dude. I spent like an hour the other night drafting my classic lineup, and it I actually Judas won. Judas so. Okay. Well. But my defensemen, I go, look, this is what I'm looking at for defensemen. I'm looking at, again, guys who are on the power play. And I'm looking at guys who spend a lot of time on the ice. Um, more offensive-minded defensemen, again, in, in my particular thought process. So, But you got to look at guys that are lower on the uh, price sheet. Dude, Eric Carlson's been one of the cheapest defensemen all season. And it's fucking Eric Carlson. One of the fucking best defensemen who's ever played the game. He's getting old, but San Jose's been playing really well. They uh, have been. He's been. He's been. You know, if he's on the ice, you got to look for guys like him. Uh, other guys, Mackenzie Weger for Florida. He's been relatively cheap all season. Always is. You got to look for guys like that. Um, those guys have been. And Ryan Graves. I think he's he plays for New Jersey now, but. Again, always down towards the the cheaper end of the defenseman. You got to look towards cheaper kinds of defensemen that are that are putting up points. That's been my strategy so far with my defensemen. After that, I'm looking at wingers that pair sometimes with my centermen, but I'm looking for guys who are on the power play. DFS is kind of nice too. I, I don't know if you guys have been using this feature, um, the depth chart. Yeah, dude, the depth <laughs> chart things, dude. I mean, you guys look at that Whoa. stuff when you're drafting your lineups, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I've got a couple different yeah. uh, places that I go to for building my lineup. So they tell me the power plays and things like that, power play lines and all that jazz. So basically, I, I also still do this every day. So so when you uh, if you want to make it real easy on yourself, what I do is a hey, number one use the depth charts because that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that part's awesome about the app. Go look at the uh, go look at the implied totals. Pick, you have to play three separate games or three separate teams in the classic slate. So you have you can't just stack two games right. on that. You have to at least get a third game in there. Um, so usually I differentiate my um, uh, I look at the some of the lower implied total games. I attack those goalies more or less. Um, try to fit one of those guys in, and then. I try to hit the higher total games, the 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 games that are going to score, and then at that point go to the depth chart and see where where I can fit my salaries in. Mm -hmm. Try to kind of play the same lines, um, so that way when you're getting a goal, you're getting a couple of assists hopefully on that as well, um, and, and going that way. So I go stack games, stack lines, and I usually do. About How much do you stack a particular team? I usually do. like. I, I usually, only I'm only going with like two guys. I think. Like I don't ever have like what we call in like the fan or in football like that super stack. So so you know like, like with three guys yeah, like stack. so I, I so I <laughs> I do I do I do I do so like well Eric's last in night last when place I, right now I am but like <laughs> I got first, I got, I got first I got first place last night that's I kicked, true I kicked that's the true. shit out of everybody that's true but that's just because I didn't get in. But that's just because my stack hit. No, 135 wins most nights. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah that'll, that'll if you're getting over, if you're shooting for 100, that's a good night. Yeah, 135 is a great night. 135 is a great night. You won with 135 the other night, or 136. You're right above me. But anyways, so my Connor McDavid, um, I I had a Nurse and Nugent Hopkins. They all play on the same power play line too. So mm -hmm. I mean, like, 
that's that's one. The only the only other guy I'm missing is Draw Saddle, and I just can't play them together because yeah, you can't way, afford it. It's too you expensive. Can't it. But what I was able to do is play Tavares, Marner, and Alex Kerfoot, and um, that that's just that I was just playing that. See, game. that's the I like. Don't get me wrong, like that kind of thing that you guys talk about it some when you guys talk about your football pod. That's like that's a lineup that's like you're either gonna win or you're not. Like, because if that yep. hits, that's that's winning first, no matter what. Because you're stacking, you got three guys from Toronto, you got three guys from Edmonton. Like, that's putting all your money down on those guys right. scoring goals, which is pro- very likely to happen. But if it doesn't, yeah. then it's and that's the thing. That's the thing with DFS. That's the thing. We got to think about this though. These contests that we're running here in our particular league are for points. You got to rack up points. We're yeah. not trying to win money, like right at the top of the contest. So, like, I think. Part of the my strategy is I try to think about how can I also try to spread the wealth in my lineup to where I have a better chance of maybe You're building if I don't hit lineup. if I don't hit first like I still have a decent chance to maybe get like fourth or fifth. Right, it's like a cash game lineup. You don't need the nuts in order to you know. You're playing against what ten guys, mm-hmm. you know. You're not playing against ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand. Yeah. You don't have to the, have the optimal. The problem with it is right now for me is I have to start coming in first place because I'm I am yeah. at such I'm at such a low level well, right now because like you're saying you usually come in second, third, fourth, fifth place and you're at the top. So for me to actually come ahead of you, I have to actually finish ahead of you so how do i do that i have to make lineups that actually are going to hopefully hit first yeah but there's a lot of hockey left we got a shitload of contests left and we got a shitload of showdowns to do too but what, we don't ever really talk about you, strat and what showdowns did you, what did you just say there's a lot of hockey left you yeah can't, you can't win you can't win it at the beginning of the season but you can lose it that boom. is never more apparent than than what's currently going on in our fantasy league yep you're you're right i mean you're you're kind of right but hey you got off to a good start last night you got your your first win, so and I got I'm second start- the other night. I'm good. Yep, starting to do well. Yep, he's picking it up. We're having a hell of a, a lot of fun in our fantasy league this year, guys. You guys got to get into fantasy hockey. I'm telling you, it is so much fun. Um, shoot us your questions with any DFS strat questions or anything about the Blue Jackets. Uh, I don't really have anything else for today, guys. We got a great day ahead of us. We got so much sports, so many good football games to watch. Jackets are on at five. NASCARs, I think, at one. We've got a contest for that. <laughs> Is the World Series on today? Uh, or was they that yes? Last night. Do they play know. today? Uh, let me check. That would be uh, dumb if they did. Who cares? That would be. I, that, it is the MLB though, so you never know. They could be just that dumb. Go Jackets. Showdown today. Yes, they play tonight, eight fifteen. Damn. Full. So, Full day of, of sports. All, all the sports, all, all the degeneracy, the go, all the gambling. Go sports. Go sports. Big sports, guys. All right, guys. Signing off here. Hooch, see ya. Peace, Peace. out.